I've got four things to give to you, and um, if I hear any snoring coming from that area over there, we'll uh, shorten it down a little bit, maybe only give two of them, but uh, no, we will be brief. I know it's warm. One of our air conditioners is not working. I just found that out at the 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock hour, so we'll be getting that worked on this week. Uh, the one on this side is not working, so uh, I know it's warm. You got your bellies full, so I will keep that in consideration. When I start seeing your eyes glaze over, I'll know to go ahead and end it. We'll be done. All right? So, uh, ladies, I apologize. I know some of you are about their fanning, and uh, we're going to do what we can here. So, um, but I want to give, um, give you four things that I think are crucial steps in, um, in kind of uh, ruling our, our Christian lives, setting our Christian lives in order, I guess would be a better way to word that. Um, that uh, I hope will be a help to you. Psalm 139, <clears throat> and we're going to read um, verse number 16 for a minute. Psalm 139 and verse number 16. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. And uh, I want to start off by saying this, that God created every single one of us with a purpose in life. Um, God has a, a distinct plan for each of us. Uh, he doesn't force it upon us. Uh, we are not predetermined beings in that sense. But He does have a will. He does have a plan uh, even for many of us in our lives, for all of us in our lives, uh, that He desires for us to fulfill. And He has a foreknowledge of this. And there's a couple of things I want to bring out about this, two points specifically in this verse, and we're going to look at a few others uh, today. But first of all, it is important for us to know, uh, when the psalmist said this, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being imperfect. In my book, all my members were written, with, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. And the idea that God created each of us as a unique individual, every single one of us, is created differently. Uh, and thank the Lord for that. No matter how identical identical twins are, there is still something very individual about them and very distinct about them. In fact, usually, as they grow up, you find that one of them uh, is typically more outgoing than the other. One of them typically smiles and laughs more than the other because they are individuals. They have different personalities. And uh, in the world that we live in today, I think it's very important for you and I to realize that not only do we need to know this, but we need to teach this, and that is that God created every person, every person, to be a unique individual. Uh, I would stop and say this. I think we could end the statement with God created every person, and that needs to be taught, because we're, <coughs> we're living in a day where people are taught that uh, people that when you're born, that it's just by chance, which is leading them to this whole thing about gender fluidity and all this stuff they're talking about that it's just a, a matter of chance and chemicals and whatever. No, God designed us to be uniquely us. He designed men to be men, women to be women, and He designed you to be distinctly you. He has a particular purpose in mind for each and every one of us. God didn't make us all the same. And while God has an over, overall, overarching, overriding will that He tells us about in His Scripture, his plan for each of us is distinctly different. In fact, in Hebrews chapter number 12, the Bible speaks about the fact that, uh, be, wherefore we are so encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, 
Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience. And here's the way the writer of Hebrews puts it. The race that is set before us. Each of us has a race to run. And it's not the same for all of us. My race is not the same as your race. Uh, neither is your race the same as anyone else's race. And it is vitally important for you and I to know in, in understanding how to rule or regulate our Christian life, how to grow and, and set uh, things in order in our Christian life, it's very important for us to understand that God has a will and a purpose for our life that is distinctly ours. Um, the Bible tells us that we're to, um, uh, in, in Romans chapter 12, I think it is, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Uh, the idea being that, that whatever it is that God has for you, it's good, it's acceptable, and it is always perfect. I will go so far as to say this, that while God has a particular plan for your life, it is up to you and I to yield ourselves to it. We have free will. Uh, I am, have been very convinced for many years in my life that there has been at least one circumstance in my life that I believe God wanted me to do, and I did not do it. I am thankful, aren't you, that even though we may not do what God's first or initial plan for our life is that he doesn't give up on us. He still lets us serve him. He still has something that we can do. And I'm thankful for that. But we ought to be seeking, and, and as much as we can, from the time that we uh, understand this truth, we ought to be seeking, Lord, show me today what you have in store for me today. Bring the, bring the things to light in my mind. Help me to understand what it is that you have for me to do. A lot of times people say, well, I just want to know what God's will for my life is, Pastor. And, and I know what they mean by that. But the truth is, God gives us His will in His Word. It is fully given. For us to sit here as Christians and say, I don't know what the will of God is, or I don't know what God's heart is, that just simply tells us that we haven't been reading our Bibles enough. Because His will and His heart is shown so vividly clear in Scripture. What we typically mean by that when we say, I just wish I knew what God's will for my life is, we don't really mean His will. We mean, I really wish I knew what His plan was inside of His will. Because we know God's heart. We know His will. But we don't always know what He has in store for us each and every day. I think it's vitally important that we pray daily. In fact, I think it ought to be regularly throughout the day. Lord, help me to do today what you have for me to do. Help me to be yielded to that. Help me to be sensitive to that. Bring things into my path. Bring opportunities. Bring uh, opportunities of service, opportunities of sharing the gospel with someone uh, across my path today. And then, Lord, give me the understanding and the wisdom and the discernment to know that this is your hand at work, that this is what you want for me to do, and to be yielded and submitted to what God has for us. Um, again, I, I'm a strong advocate of the free will of man. We are not predetermined beings. But as strong as I am an advocate of that, I also am strongly an advocate of the fact that the Holy Spirit does lead and guide our steps. That there is, there is a, a yieldedness that we need to have every single day to His direction in our lives. 
I don't think there's anything wrong at all with praying and saying, Lord, if there's someone you need me to talk to today about the gospel, bring them across my path. Help me to see that. Help me to understand that opportunity. I have no problems with those things. And I think that there's a lot of wisdom to that. And what we're saying is, Lord, I, I, I know I have free will. I can go out here and live my life the way I want to. But I want to take that liberty, that freedom that I have, and I want to put it in your hands. And I want you to direct my steps today. I want you to have your will in my life today. And this, is, this ought to be one of the paramount things in surrenderedness of the Christian life. Uh, because God has, he has fashioned us even before our members were not even in existence. God fashioned us. He had a purpose for us. He had a plan for us. Uh, I understand that heaven does not work this way. But when my son was born, it was after my dad had passed away. And several times my girls would say, Dad, I think Grandpa handpicked Jonathan and sent him down. Now, I know that that doesn't work that way. But God gave me each of my kids for a specific reason and a specific purpose. And God has a plan for each one of them. And I want them to find that plan. And it ought to be the desire of our hearts as God's people to say, Lord, I know your will. I can read it in your word. I understand your heart. And within that, as I yield myself to your will, and as I'm, I'm following your will, will you show me your plan? Give me the things that you want me to do today. May I be yielded to them. All right. Secondly, not only do we need to know that God has created us for a specific purpose, but as we understand that purpose, it will determine our priorities. Look with me in Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter number 2. Probably one of the greatest examples of this truth as we understand our purpose, it will determine our priorities. Or it, let me rephrase that. It ought to determine our priorities. I can't say it will because sometimes we, we supersede that. Uh, our will will take over. Our flesh nature will take over. But look in Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter 2 and uh, verse number 49. We see uh, very little is said about the childhood years and even the teen years of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we find a glimpse, a glimmer here, in Luke chapter number 2, verse number, um, let's start in verse number 41, so we understand the story here. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, speaking of Jesus, and when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem uh, after the custom of the feast. <coughs> and when they fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. Now, that statement tells me this. He wasn't left there by accident. He knew that he was staying and his parents were going. If I ever did that when I was a kid, I'd be doing it in fear and trembling. But he knew he was tearing behind. <coughs> and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company when a day's journey, they sought him among their kinfolk in acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. So three days they're looking for him. And they finally find him sitting in the temple, and he's not with a bunch of kids that are 12 years old playing in the streets. He's sitting with the doctors and the philosophers and the religious leaders, the educators, the people that are in the temple that sit and debate and, dis and discuss uh, spiritual matters and deep things of the law. And the Bible says this, that he was both hearing them and asking them questions. 
And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Boy, isn't that a wonderful statement? Wouldn't it be wonderful if that could be said of you and I about God's Word? Oh my, to study, to know it that way. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt with us? Uh, behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, how is it that ye sought me? Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. Jesus, at twelve years of age, knew his purpose. And his purpose dictated, it determined, it established his priorities. When we understand God's purpose for our life, His plan, it will change our priorities. I've said this so often before, all of us have a list of priorities in life. And it is usually always evolving. Because what may be the top priority today may not necessarily be the top priority tomorrow. And we're always shifting things around in order of priority. But there is one thing that should never move out of its prioritized position, and that is, what is God's purpose and plan for my life? I used to tell young people years ago, um, give God your list of things and let Him set the priorities of it. And for years I taught that, and one day it dawned on me, I thought, that's not even right either. I said, what they ought to do is come to the come to the Lord with a blank piece of paper and say, Lord, fill out my priorities. I want you to even establish them for me. As we understand our purpose, it will dictate, it will determine, it will establish, it will change our priorities. And I will say this, that the priorities, if we're following after a godly purpose, will never conflict with Scripture. They will never conflict with Scripture. If our priorities are following after a biblical purpose, they will never conflict with Scripture. All right, number three, let's turn to Psalm, uh, Psalm 90, excuse me. Psalm 90. And if your eyes are getting heavy, this is our final point. Can you believe that already? Psalm 90. So God created us for a specific purpose. Our purpose needs to determine our priorities. And then I would say this. Our, our priorities will determine our actions. Our priorities will determine our actions. Look in Psalm 90. And let's look in verse number 12. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Uh, in the New Testament, it's worded very, very similar in that it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And the idea being that we need to be redeeming the time. We need, to be, we need to make sure that our actions and the things that we are doing with our life 
are helping us to fulfill our purpose and our priorities. Um, it's amazing to me. I was telling telling uh, my my teenagers, my my daughter, my Reagan and Jonathan, uh, a couple of times. I've mentioned this, but here recently, I've mentioned a couple of times when they've said, "Dad, we just don't seem. I, I don't have any time to do this, or I don't have any time to do that." I said, "You would be surprised at how much time you have." Because the truth is, if we ever take time to sit down and calculate or write down, document how much time we waste in a day's time, how much time we don't spend doing the things we really know we should be doing, I found this to be true. I can always, I can always find the time to do what I want to do. But we don't always find the time to do what we know we ought to do. Our priorities should dictate our actions. Our priorities ought to, ought to have full control over my time, my, my, my calendar. My priorities ought to have full say-so in what I spend my time doing. My priorities, if they're biblical priorities based on a biblical purpose, my biblical priorities ought to be able to dictate what I use my material means on. What is it that I spend my money on? What is it that I spend my uh, material possessions on? And what do I expend on them? My priorities ought to dictate my thoughts. What is it that I, that I dwell on? What is it that I spend time thinking about? What is it that I spend time studying? What is it that I spend time learning? and applying my mind to. It ought to have a, an impact on what we do for our life's work. Our priorities based on a biblical purpose ought to determine what we do for our life's work. And even if we're retired, there's still time we've got left to do something for the Lord. It ought to be dictating that. It ought to be dictating where we serve. So four things that I want us to really make sure we have. God created us. That's, that's vitally important. There's a lot of churches, a lot of Christians that don't believe that. I know our folks do, but there are a lot of people who believe in evolution that sit in the pews of our churches. God created man and God created woman. He did so with a purpose in mind. He has a specific purpose, a race that is set before each and every one of us. And they're different. That purpose should determine our priorities. We ought to be about our Father's business. Whatever it is He has as a purpose for my life, I need to be busy doing it. I need to set my priorities accordingly. Or better yet, have Him set them. And then our priorities need to dictate our actions. They need to dictate our actions. A lot of us just kind of fly by the seat of our pants when it comes to living life day by day. We don't really have any direction in life. We just kind of go along and, case okay, or are off, it happens, it happens, and nothing big. Folks, that's no way to live as a Christian. God has a purpose. And that purpose should set our priorities, and those priorities ought to dictate our actions. And it ought to help us in regulating our Christian life. This practical, just things you can sink your teeth into to help us in ordering our daily lives as a Christian in a way that is biblical, in a way that is Christ-honoring, and 
lo and behold, if we do it God's way, there is no improving on it. God will get the glory through it. But we need to do it His way. All right? I know it's warm. I know you've been patient. Thank you for being patient this afternoon. Let's stand together. We'll be dismissed in prayer. Father, we're thankful for the guidance of your word. And Lord, just some simple, simple practical truths to try to help us in our daily lives, ordering our steps 